Vanderbilt with Dr. Evan Blackwell. And uh, what happened was I really just put a post up one day on, on Facebook, just trying to really a- attract ambitious dentists who just like want something different. And he just so happened to reach out and then we just started talking from there. And then he, he mentioned that he was, you know, working on a book and he was almost ready to publish it. And I was like, what? This is the kind of stuff that I was, I just wanted to talk about. And, um, with, you know, within like about four weeks or five weeks after I texted him again, he was like, Hey, yeah, like, you know, it's, it's published. I was like, all right, let's, we got to get on a podcast and talk about this, your story, who you are, why you did this and, and the book. So we're here today with uh, Dr. Evan. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So doc, just, just let us know a little bit about yourself. Like, who are you? Yeah. So um, currently I'm a periodontist. Obviously, I'm much more than just a dentist, but I'm a periodontist uh, here in Austin, Texas. I've um, been practicing perio for about three years, uh, going on four, uh, originally from Dallas, Texas, Garland specifically, uh, University of Texas, go Longhorns, okay. then went to dental school at Baylor, uh, where I met you. Mm-hmm. And then uh, right after that, went into specialty uh, in Portland, Oregon, at uh, Oregon Health Science University. So uh, background on me, I am or was originally uh, an advertising major. So I graduated with advertising out of UT um, and about halfway through uh, college, I was like, "Ah, I got to do more. I was on track to graduate any early anyway. So I was like, ah, what interests me? I got to stick around in college. You know, it's Austin. I got to stick around for the whole four years. I can't graduate early. (laughs) So I'm, I'm thinking, well, I like science. Uh, I like, um, medicine. Maybe I'll take the prereqs, see if I'm interested in it and go from there. So originally I was thinking, yeah, I'll just, maybe go to med school, um, dental school. I didn't know at the time, but I was taking the prerequisites, uh, cause I just had an interest and it kept me around a lot longer. Um, it was only until I, I started shadowing, uh, dentists that I were, was like, this sounds like a good lifestyle. I mean, these guys, these guys have it going on. They work four days a week, you know, um, they're able to pay back loans. They drive nice cars, like flexibility time. Like this is, this is good. Um, so I decided, I was like, I said, well, I'm gonna go ahead and apply, uh, to just the Texas schools. And if I get in, I get in. If I don't, I don't, I'll do advertising. And lo and behold, I got in. And after I took the DAT and studied, of course, for that. And so then I went to Baylor, uh, and then just been riding the dental wave ever since. Nice. What, what got you into specializing in Perio? Yeah, so similar thing around halfway through uh, dental school. I was like, I got to do more. (laughs) Is this this wasn't cutting it? So I I think obviously I like the challenge. So I don't know. Luckily, I like dentistry, um, but I more like the challenge. Could I do it? Mm. So I knew I liked surgery, uh, and I wanted to gear toward more towards that. I didn't want to go to uh, OS oral surgery just because that's a long road. Um, and I was about ready to start my life, but I could, I could give three years, um, 
And so I was like, well, Perio uh, will do it. So after I started talking to a lot of Perio people while I was in dental school, it seemed like the most obvious choice. Gotcha. So I'm seeing there's like a trend with you and it's like that itch to kind of always do more. Yeah. Always strive. Mm -hmm. For sure. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing uh, in terms of me sticking on the same course, of, you know, but uh, I can't help it. I mean, I, I, once I, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say a complete, cause I don't know everything about dentistry. I don't want you to think I mastered, you know, everything there's to know and I'm just moving on or I knew everything about advertising, but I get to a certain level and I'm just like, okay, I'll always have that knowledge and I can always advance there, but let me see if I can excel in other areas. Absolutely. I love that. Those are the type of people that we, we really want on this podcast and that we really want to attract. And um, it really intrigues me whenever someone is like that, because it's just that curiosity bug. And yeah. with those type of people, they, I, I just see them, they have more 3d look on life because they're not just the PhD, but they're also trying to see other ways that other people can view life. And I think it just makes them a super value uh, just to society in general. Yeah. I, man, I want to ask you now. So what inspired you to just start writing a, a book? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, the book. Actually, Evan, no, no, no. My, let me, let's backtrack. Evan is actually a new father. Quote, unquote. Yes. Correct. Let's are you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now let's jam. Okay. Uh, new father uh, life. Yeah. He, he's about going on 15 months. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, I, a lot of us dentists, I don't, you might be in the same boat, but, you know, we spend our whole life through, co through college and dental school. And so we kind of get uh, delayed with, you know, creating a family, creating our lives outside of our career. And so it's like catch up as soon as you graduate. It's like, OK, I'm getting married. I'm having kids. I got to get a house. You know, all these things come later and faster at the end. Right. So. Anyways, yeah, um, so we've had Beck now for 15 months. He's a wild man, you know? So <laughs> but, you know, every time I come home and he's like, dada, and running towards the door, you know, it, yeah, that'll make you get up and want to do work and, you know, Absolutely. get your life together. And so it, it's been a joy. Man, that's awesome. Where did you meet your wife? I met her at UT. She was a, um advertising major with me. Um, and so we had a few classes together, uh, but we didn't start later on dating, uh, much later on, uh, while I was in residency. And so she's no longer in advertising as well. She's a speech therapist. So, um, so we both kind of got out of advertising. Okay. Y'all both jumped the ship. Okay. Yeah. It, okay. So that's awesome. So I've known each other for a while. Same, same as with me and, uh, my wife was back in undergrad. With your kid, though, and now, what would you say are the hardest stages going from zero to 15 months? What do you and, and what did you enjoy also the best? I mean, I, this is the best time. Absolutely. This is the best. Time. I mean, he's developing language skills. I mean, he, he you can start to have somewhat of a dialogue with him. Um, I mean, he's just growing rapidly. 
And so being able to view that and see that, that's amazing. So I think this is the best time, but you asked me in, you know, five more months, I'll say that's the best time. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Um, 100%. It was definitely a struggle. I would say, I would have to say around five or six months. Mm-hmm. For sure when, I mean, he's, he's always been a good kid. Uh, he slept right away as soon as we brought him home, slept 12 hours. You know, his sleeping has been consistent. Um, but um, yeah, I just, it, you know, early on, it's all foggy. It's like you just skipped six weeks. So um, <laughs> it, it, I just felt like that was a challenge. I'm t- trying to get into a routine, I guess, um, yeah. and navigating me going to work and all that kind of stuff and coming home. And being on duty when I as soon as I got home, so right. just you know, trying to dig down deep and trying to find that extra energy uh, was was kind of challenging. Hundred percent, hundred percent, man. No, I, I hear it like fully, and uh, we're now at that five six month phase as well. But our kid didn't come and sleep twelve months. Like he wakes up probably about two to three times a night. Oh man, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that's rough. Yeah. That's rough. <laughs> You know, but when you see his face, you can't help but just, you know, coddle him, you know, and he, you know, he came during that COVID season. So he's so used to being carried by his two parents so much. Right. But right. I mean, it's the best experience I've, I've experienced so far in my life, literally. Yeah. I mean, I'm one of those people, I think originally before having kids, I was like, you know, I'm, uh, I want to raise my kid, you know, very, you know, uh, free form, you do whatever you want, you know, like, we'll just make it up as we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since becoming, maybe I attribute this to my wife, it like everything is very structured. And mm-hmm. so at first I was hesitant and thinking like, man, just let, let the kid just chill and sleep when he wants to and eat when he wants to, and we'll figure out what to do. Right. Uh, but having a structured schedule, um, really helped out a lot. I mean, it set, allowed you to set expectations and I mean, you can attribute this to just normal life having you know, structure, but, um, but I think a child, even that young, operates a lot more efficiently when they're structured, when they have, you know, when you have nap times at a certain time, food at a certain time, play at a certain time. Uh, it sounds real strict, but it just allowed him to develop and have his own expectations, even at an early age of uh, of what to do and how to operate. So that's really good. I mean, I really like that. I have a mentor named, you know, D. Martini and he and uh, John D. Martini, and he says even in adulthood, um, like really, if you don't structure and plan the day with the things that are of highest value to you, someone else will. It's like yeah. an entropy type of thing. Like if you just allow it, you know, weeds will grow. You so it's like I really believe in that in that concept that you state, man. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. Man, so all right, let's kind of turn the knob a little bit and let's start talking about this this book and the idea. What really inspired you uh, to write it? Yeah, I mean, I've been struggling with this book for probably better of a year and a half. Um, not even just writing, just thinking. Like I'd I'd go to my wife maybe every two or three months and be like, "Babe, I gotta write this book. I gotta write this book." She'd be like, "Okay, just do it," and I'd be like. And it wouldn't get done. But basically, the book is called Leaving Dentistry. Um, it, it's kind of a guide or a resource for, for those dentists that are struggling with doubt in terms of, is this the right career for me? What are my options? How do I navigate my current situation? Where do I go from here? Um, 
by all means, it's not a book to convince you to leave dentistry. Uh, I kind of want to make that clear. I think dentistry has brought a lot of good things to my life and others. But if you're not happy and you're not passionate about it, um, we need to look inside ourselves and figure out what will. Um, so um, the book probably started around the time of COVID. I started writing it. Um, and I've had the outline probably for a good six months to a year um, here, bits and pieces. But I thought, you know, obviously COVID gave me a lot more time. So I cranked down on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just really covers uh, 10 chapters. I don't know if it's, that's long or not, but I don't think it's a long book. Uh, but basically trying to help other dentists that are going through it or, in fact, um, people that are thinking about joining dentistry and you can kind of see the good parts and the bad parts. That's so good. That's so good. So while you were writing it, I always like to ask this, what, what was it that was going through your head? That's number one. And who was the person that you saw reading the book? While writing yeah. it? Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I guess I didn't really answer your first question. What inspired me about it? But um, so I'm a, I'm a traveling periodontist. I go to multiple offices uh, around the market um, and so I get to sit with general dentists time to time, just, you know, obviously talking about cases that they referred to me, but also getting assessment of how they're doing in their day to day. Um, so I traveled to about nine different offices. Um, and what was happening is I was seeing the same complaints about the field of dentistry. Um, basically, they're feeling like they're overworked, um, obviously trouble keeping up with debt. They're not fulfilled. The patients are treating them rudely, disrespectful, um, you, you know, all sorts of issues um, that I didn't get a good grasp of, and nor, nor did they prior to dentistry. So in the book, it covers, you know, the, what I term or what other people term as the golden age of dentistry. That's when you graduate from dental school, you, you had little to none debt, you're able to open up anywhere. You know, with a sign that says open, you get patients um, and you and you worked only what you wanted to and you had plenty enough income. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, it's kind of changed to where um, obviously the um, student loan debt is phenomenal. Um, we have more competition out there. We got to work longer hours, um, see more patients, get more volume in all while malpractice, state board complaints, reviews online, uh, all the all the pressure that comes with that is increasing. So as I was going to all these dental offices, I was seeing the same complaints, the same dissatisfaction with the field. Um, and I was like, man, it wasn't just me. And so I was like, maybe there has to be something out there. So I looked online and I found a couple of things, but no real resource about um you know, young transitioning dentists out of uh, the field. And so I decided to write the book because maybe it'll inspire some people to, you know, don't waste a minute of your life if you're not happy doing what you're doing um, and hopefully provide some alternatives. That, that is so awesome to hear. And it's crazy how this happened because it was right at the time, because during COVID, I actually sold my dental practice, you know, and I was like, hey, it, I wanted to 
to test and see something else, just to see what else existed, just out of curiosity. And I wanted to grow and I didn't want to do it, let's say, just by myself. Mm-hmm. And it's so just so happened that, you know, you know, we're writing this book and it really blew my mind. I was like, man, so there's another dentist who's like thinking that same way or has, you know, some thinking something outside of uh, the dentistry, like the field that they started in. So I'm just like wanting to get into some of the details in that book. You really went into depth as far as um, just how someone can basically strategically plan prior to leaving the space what are can you bring up some of those things just to say like you know if someone were thinking about it what are some things they should be considering at this point in time yeah i mean you you, you never want to just leave a situation without a you know a self-assessment and figuring out what your what your goals and what you are wanting so the first thing is you want to you know goals that are prioritized what you want out of a career or what you want out of your day. Um, so I would say that's usually the first step. So when you can assess like, oh, what's making me not happy and what's make what will make me happy, um, you can kind of go towards that next step or readjust what your your current situation is to, to get there. Um, other things you can do is obviously make sure you have a, a, a really, really good savings um so that you have that cushion to be able to not only take care of you and your family but to have enough to where you can invest that into something you want to pursue um and i'm not talking about it, it could be another job if it requires more money like if if you need to go to more education you need to save up for that as well but you need to have enough funds to take care of your family pay the pay the mortgage, all that good stuff, make sure all the lights are on, but also have enough money to pursue your next uh, uh, dream. So um, aside from that, um, you know, make sure you find a good mentor. Guarantee there's probably somebody in your situation who's done it, been through it, and has come out on top. So uh, find a mentor. If you can't find a mentor, just find a good group. Uh, find other like-minded people that are going through the same thing, troubleshoot, brainstorm, come up with a solution together. Um, so those are all things that come, would, would kind of help you in, in figuring out what the next step is in doing it, um, I guess, with less risk rather than just quitting and then figuring it out. Absolutely. Question for you, because you brought up some certain things that, you know, if people have been, you know, on a journey of personal development, self-development, that you know, that there's some commonalities and you brought up like mentorship. What are some of the things that you see in people, not that only transition successfully, but just are successful in entrepreneurial ventures? Uh, the biggest one would have that comes to my head would have to be discipline. Wow. You got to have discipline. You got to be able to uh, get up early in the morning um, you know, lay out your day, do the things that you don't want to do. If it takes five minutes to do it, then just do it right then and there. Um, you know, cold showers, yeah. cold showers, all that stuff, whatever it takes, <laughs> it just builds character. I mean, you laugh, but that's some it's of that so stuff true. works. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I would say, yeah, you know, and um, 
start tiny, you know, the book by James Clear, Atomic Habits, you know, start small, you know, set the intention for the day, do tiny things that will set the, set the course for the rest of your day in terms of building habits, you know, make your bed in the morning, all these things um, will help you be more productive throughout your day. Um, Cause especially when you have a young child, you about 50% of your day is just zapped up right there uh, aside from work. So you have to find more time. You have to find more time. So um, discipline is that best way to say yourself like, well, I'm tired, but is there other things I need to get done? And do I need to do them? And then your answer is yes. And you just do them. So good. It's good, man. And Dr. Evan, what's your definition of ownership? Uh, kind of going with what I was saying before. I mean, for me, my definition of ownership is ownership of time. I mean, that's the most valuable resource. You know, I don't want to spend a moment doing something I'm not in love with. I don't want to spend a moment being away from people that I don't love. So I want, I want ownership of my time. I want to be with the people I want to be with. I want to do the things I want to do. Um, and just, yeah, just create my more, create more time and just use it appropriately. Good. That's really good. All right. And what would you then tell a dentist who is struggling right now in practice and uh, just want, this needs to hear something to help them out? Yeah, man. I, I mean, if you're struggling with practice. Uh, obviously, read the book. It's on Amazon. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, go ahead and get it. But if, if you're struggling, again, uh, even if you don't know where to start, the biggest thing is just talking, find a community. You know, the, there's plenty of resources online uh, of dental groups. Now, the thing with dentistry, and I kind of go in this book, it's like, and which is why I appreciate you so much and what you're doing, get, putting yourself out there. But a lot of people don't want to talk about this. A lot of people want to put on a front, like, I'm doing good. Everything's good. And, you know, in, my, in dental, um, I don't want to appear as if I'm not happy because if I'm appear that I'm not happy, that appears that I'm not successful in what I do, mm. which is at least that's not m my case. I, I'm, I consider myself an excellent provider. My, I, I make very good money. Patients love me, but it, it might come down to, do I feel passionate about it? Do I, am I excited for Mondays? Do I wake up in the morning thinking, man, I can't wait to get into work. And that might not necessarily be the case. So I think a lot of people put on the front, especially with a esteemed profession like ours. So it's important to find a group that will support you, uh, understand you, and hopefully are right there with you. Um, so I would say, you know, find a group, find, find somebody to talk to you about this stuff. That's, that's powerful. And where can they, uh, where can they find your book? You can find my book on Amazon. I have an ebook uh, as well as paperback. Paperback is, you know, book has little activities that you can fill out, circle, you know, there's quizzes and stuff. So uh, it's easier to do those activities with the paperback so you can write in it, take notes, uh, look back. You can't really do so much on the ebook, but if you just want a, a quick read for cheaper, ebook is is a great resource as well. I mean, you can just translate those activities over to paper. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was funny because I just finished the book and I was at Home Goods with my wife and 
the lady at the front desk, she's like, oh, she saw me wearing my scrubs. She said, oh, you're a dentist. My son's in dental school. And she, she was like, yeah, she, but he's really struggling right now. I was like, what do you mean? It's like, well, you know, with COVID, and this was only like a couple months ago. It's like, oh, with COVID, I mean, they have zero patients. You know, he's trying to graduate and they've done like one extraction. So he's not really getting the training he is and the boards are coming up and things like that. And I was like, man, first of all, he needs to read my book, figure out if he wants to really pursue all this. But second of all, it, it, it's discouraging for the field to know that these kids are about to graduate uh, and be in over, you know, half a million dollars in debt in some cases and not come out confident in their skill. And it's not good for the public either to have, you know, licensed dentists that aren't skilled uh, to be out there. And so it's just very tragic for the field. I hope something changes, but when that happens, when, when somebody gets out there and they don't feel confident in what they've invested their time and money in, um, definitely unhappiness broods, uh, discontentment. Um, and so my goal is that, you know, all these new grads don't, don't have to deal with that or have ways that they can deal with it. Um, and don't feel like that they're stuck. It doesn't matter if you just graduated dental school and you said, man, I don't like this. You, you're young, you can change, you know? Uh, so there's, I just don't want anybody to get roped into thinking, man, I spent all this money. Everybody thinks I'm a dentist. Everybody knows I'm a dentist. I, I have to stick it out. You, you don't. Who's telling you to? I had a, a friend, uh, do you, uh, you might know her um, uh, in dental school. She graduated and immediately um, went into to get her master's in counseling. She knew she dental tree wasn't going to be for her. So I yeah so any any chance and any time you can always change um, but also make sure you're going into something that you want to go into you know prioritize uh, so that you don't wind up back in a situation where oh I thought I wanted to be a lawyer now and now you're not happy that you went into that um, so you got you got to prioritize what's going to make you happy in life whether that's more time with family more money. Um, you know, flexibility, autonomy, whatever it is. Man. Dr. Evan Blackwell, we really appreciate you. You really brought up some things in that last, you know, which was what you just said that even intrigued me. Like, I haven't even thought about that. And, and this is one of the reasons why I really wanted to get you on. And my hope really is that this gets into the ear that really needs to hear it. And, and I think there's actually going to be a lot of ears uh, that need to hear it and a lot of eyes that can really you know, read this book. So thanks for doing it. Thanks for, you know, following through because it's not easy when it comes to saying you, you know, you have a project and you want to finish it from point A to Z. Um, no. So we appreciate that, man. So yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for hopping on and uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Thanks. Yeah, of course. Cool. I appreciate cool. it. Oh, all right. Bye.